Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top-of-mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Amy Rojek, leader of BDO Center for Corporate Governance, and I'm pleased to sit down today with my colleague and friend, Kirsty Ternan, to discuss the benefits and challenges with respect to the impact of artificial intelligence on business and what directors should be considering in their oversight role. This is one of the several podcasts in a series exploring the application of emerging technology and analytical techniques that impact directors. So before we begin, a bit about Kirsty. She is a principal in BDO Digital and co-leads the data and AI and digital labs teams. Kirsty and her team provide companies with dashboards, statistical models, predictive ana- analytics, and commercialized products to turn data into information upon which key business decisions can be made. Applying her skills in AI and machine learning, Kirsty regularly works with clients to increase organizational and operational efficiencies. Kirsty approaches projects with a focus on process optimization and a passion for implementing technological advancements to improve and accelerate time-consuming client operations. She helps clients make sense of the new world of AI, including determining how it tangibly applies to the business. Kirsty, welcome to BDO in the boardroom. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So we all know that AI is all the buzz, uh, but for many organizations, it does remain an intangible as management and board members think about how AI should be used safely within their companies. Perhaps you can share a few tangible use cases for generative AI solutions, but then speak to how companies go about creating a safe environment to explore additional use cases. Yes, I'm thinking about some of our clients and what they've asked for recently. And One example that comes to mind, we had a manufacturing client that has international locations. Um, Their use case was all around field services. So they would send someone out to repair a, a particular part in one location, but then the documentation for how that was done wasn't done in a timely fashion. And so then if someone had that same type of repair to do the next day in a different country, for instance, they couldn't figure out how to, they they couldn't be super efficient in how to do that by reusing what had been done the day before. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to say, if can we pretty much kind of record the activity of a field services person, their documentation that went out, put that into a generative AI model that then allows the next person that has that same issue to get a step-by-step instructional lesson on what to do to fix that issue. So that was both a customer experience thing for them because their customers were we're kind of annoyed that they were spending all this time relearning how to do the same thing over and over when someone had obviously taken care of that recently, right? So generative AI, it's really good to be able to throw all your notes into any documentation, maybe a user guide, and have it build out those steps because a field services and person, when they're done with that job, they don't want to sit down and write out the instructions for the next person. We don't really have that time. So that was a really great use case for them. Um, another example, we've had clients that are, a lot of clients want to focus this on marketing and content building. That's a big area. Uh, we had a client that said, you know, I want to better understand my voice of customer. 
And I know what my customers are doing. I have all kinds of information about them, right? I have call service logs. I have transcripts from the call center. I have sales discussions. I have emails. I have activity in their account. What if I could throw all this data together and build almost like a digital twin of that customer and and every customer that I have and have this virtual customer focus group that I could then bounce these ideas off of? So if we're going to change a strategy or let's say we're going to change our dispute resolution, that's what they were considering. If I change that from being a call-in item to a web item, what is my customer base going to think of that? Well, now that I know and have this virtual customer focus group, I can bounce really tactical, operational type of decisions off of that virtual focus group. And they can tell me what actually my customers are going to think about that. Right. So those types of advances with generative AI, I know that's a little bit more advanced than your basic, you know, it can come up with content for you. But that's what we're seeing clients really dig into Now, there's a lot to consider when you put those types of things in place, right? And that's what I think the board has to be concerned about. You know, everything from ethical, data privacy, what's your absolute ROI? We don't want to just be playing around with these fun, cool-looking things. Um, And then how are we going to be transparent with whatever model and, and tool that we are using? No, that makes a lot of sense. And I and I think when you when you bring up the, you know, keeping the environment safe. Christy, what what else would you what else would you advise companies to be focused on? Because I think there's there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of trepidation um, because of the unknown. If this is an unknown territory that's developing rapidly every day. Yeah, I think that that's probably the question we get the most is, you know, my board asked me what I'm doing with this and I don't know what to tell them, right? Or the board says, hey, we're hearing about this, but we don't even know what questions to ask of our executive team. And what we came up with for a lot of our clients is this five-step approach to AI. And I think that is probably good to keep in mind, trying to keep it simple. But, you know, the first thing is to really think about education, whether it's educating the board, and that could just be an AI briefing. It could be following some people on LinkedIn that regularly post the updates and so forth, just immersing yourself in training on what this even is, right? Along with educating the organization. And then, um, you know, I think, also, just getting used to using it. Go play with ChatGPT. If you don't have a public account, go use one on your personal time to just understand and and under and kind of feel what it what it's like. Because it's, once you start using it, you'll start to come up with new use cases that you um, can ideate through um, within the work environment. So get your hands dirty with it. I think is the first thing for anyone and understand it. Um, and and with that comes understanding what risks your particular organization is going to have to think about. If you're a healthcare organization and you want to use this for, uh, you know, on some type of predictive analytics or generative AI with your client, with your patient data, you've got to worry a lot more about the privacy and, you know, you're going to spend a lot more time aggregating and anonymizing data for you to even be able to use it in these models. Um, so first step is education. Second step is identifying use cases. I think where a lot of people go wrong is that they, okay, I get it. Now let's go try something out. And they pick the first thing that comes to mind. And it maybe works, maybe doesn't, but it's not structured enough and evaluated enough as an idea before they really take it take it forward. So pick out your use cases, make sure they make sense for the organization, make sure that's the proper ROI. And then you got to think about preparing and building. But that preparing is all about building the right foundation. You really have to make sure that you've got the right data to be able to build 
whatever use case you're trying to work on and make sure that you've addressed security and governance and all those things at the foundational level. And then you can start building and executing on these use cases. Um, but but step four, we always say is, you know, enablement and adoption. Make sure that no matter what you're doing, when you start deploying AI in the organization, you have to have a culture that understands that it's good for them, understands the risks and understands um, kind of if there should be fear around it or if not, right? And what we're doing with it. So a communication key or communication plan is key. And then, you know, I think step five, we always just say, go and grow. Like, I think the worst thing you can do with AI right now is just sit back and see what happens, right? Part of it is getting out there, trying it, getting yourself a personal account, playing around with it, and and then building from there. Makes sense. So I, I think if we bring it back to from the board lens, right? So we talked about some of the questions that boards seem to be raising, but in given their responsibility to oversee the strategic direction and the risk management of an organization, there's really a bunch of other areas that we've kind of just scratched the surface surface on. So maybe spend a little time exploring some of the ethical implications, the transparency aspects. I think we you spoke to data privacy and security, but what about the talent, the right talent? long-term strategy? What, where does this fit into the strategic aspects and the security, uh, the securitization, I should say, of, of information at the board level? Yeah, so we we do have a lot of our clients, as we're starting to build out these use cases, one of the things that we evaluate is the risk associated with the responsible AI side of, of whatever we're putting on there, right? So let's say it is, you know, a data privacy and security concern. What we want to make sure of is we want to understand what data that we're using to feed those systems. We want to make sure that data is secure, and we want to make sure that we're complying with whatever data privacy regulations uh, apply, right? And then on the transparency side, we want to make sure that per use case, how are we actually expecting to use this? Who do we have to explain how this was done to, right? Do we have to explain this to our auditors and what kind of documentation exists? Um, if we are questioned, could we justify those decisions to the regulators? Those kinds of things are going to be very uh, key to consider throughout your use case. Because when you're evaluating a use case, the amount of explainability that you need is directly proportional to the amount of effort it's going to be to, to deploy that use case. Um, the ethical implications, I think you've got to think about both the data, the data and the the use and sometimes this requires not only just looking at the data and saying is the training data set bias, but what could go wrong, right? That's kind of the question with the ethical side. You have to think if we do this and the AI is wrong or the model is wrong in its prediction or you know some something happened. What's the worst thing that we think could happen? And we really have to assess. Um, the ethical implications from that perspective so that we're really considering all angles. And I think that's hard right now because a lot of these companies, you're thinking about really entirely new use cases, the things you never imagined you could do before. And it's hard to think through all of the ethical implications and and not miss something. So I think as a board, you know, being able to question what has been considered and expand upon that and consider, you know, some of the newer areas that, that we maybe haven't thought completely through and make sure that we're doing our due diligence all the way through. 
Yeah, and I, and I think one of the things you said that resounded with me was documenting how you're going about this. I think when when any when you're doing anything, you know, and putting on my auditor hat and thinking about the control environments that the companies need to operate within, it that requires a lot of documentation. What controls are in place? How are they functioning? How are we monitoring those? It's not any different, but to your point, it's it's a little bit unknown because we don't yet know all the various use cases that are out there that we could possibly be, you know, exploring. But then again, that's that's the whole purpose of being an innovative company is to take those risks to but take them as informed as possible, right? So so maybe we we move forward and t- start to think about some of the other folks that are involved in this. So employees, competitors, supply chain that may already be using AI. How are boards getting their hands around factoring this into management's operational plans? Yeah, I think what we've seen is a lot of our clients are conducting some sort of competitive analysis to really understand how their competitors are using in the industry, how they're leveraging AI, how they're where they're starting, where they're you know identifying the most potential ROI. And then how they're either creating a competitive advantage or maybe they're streamlining processes or lowering their costs within their organization and then also within the supply chain. Um, you know, it's, it's a very dynamic landscape. There's things changing all the time. There's so much, uh, so many new tools and so many new risks to be aware of. And so, you know, when I think when we look at our employees, you know, we have to consider both how it can help them but then how it can also be introduced to solve some of our more complex challenges or create that competitive edge. And, you know, you talked a little bit in the previous question about talent and expertise. I mean, do we even have the right people assigned? You know, every company, usually when they start, is going to assign some kind of AI strategy task force that's going to think through this, it's going to make recommendations. And and do we have the right people on that on that task force? I think what I see some people doing is they'll put a bunch of executives on that task force, right? But you don't have some of the people that are going to be using the tools or um, um, actually deploying or implementing on those task force. And so you really need a broad spectrum of people and opinions, but you got to make sure that, you know, you may not need 20 data scientists as much now as we did, you know, a year ago, but you still need a data scientist that can explain what's happening in that model that you've now created and are producing output from. So, and the same with your your supply chain, right? And making sure that uh, across the board that you've got what you need if those vendors are, are also using AI and, and that you can explain uh, start to finish. Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe picking up on that, you know, or you started to delve into the concept of are we, you know, an AI enterprise ready, right? So maybe you can explain a little bit more about that that, what that means, and what are some of the um, barriers potentially to think about to put around proprietary data? Yeah, when we talked about those five steps, that's that's kind of step three. So you get to the point where you you understand what it is, what it can do. Then you start to look at, okay, what can we do with it? That's your use cases. And then you got to get to this point of, are we enterprise ready for AI? And Foundationally, you we talked a lot about this already about, you know, in the previous podcasts around um, making sure that your data set is is clean and you've got quality data and you've got enough data and so forth. But you know, beyond that, you have to also make sure that you've addressed the security side of it. 
you have to make sure that, you know, everything's cloud now, pretty much, right? Everybody's using cloud and, and there's a ton of security components to that and being able to monitor that and manage that. Uh, and then also I run the data governance side. If you set up a uh, model that you're going to utilize, and let's say, you know, I had a client the other day that wanted to put payroll data in to be able to do payroll gender gap audits. It's a great use case. It was a great idea for them to be able to do that, but they need to make sure that the governance exists so that they when they put that data into a system, not everybody has access to the payroll data, right? I mean, just basic kind of um, user access and controls need to be uh really well thought out, both from an efficiency perspective, but also from the security and the governance perspective. And that has a big impact on your data privacy regulations and how you're going to handle that and the compliance. Um, so I think that, you know, foundationally, those are some of the big things. When you think about how do we create the competitive edge, uh, foundationally, again, your data security is going to be key. But I think also just kind of inventorying what your opportunities could be in the market, being able to understand the industry and what, what you haven't thought of is can be really difficult, right? When you talk about AI, because we're just in such a new world. So the, these enterprise-ready components of data and security and governance are probably the, the top things to think about, but it really depends on that specific use case. That makes, makes a lot of sense. So maybe we conclude with some of the you know, some of what most companies and their employees recognizing they're using AI in some capacity. So what what might the oversight of the company's use of generative AI entail? So maybe that's and where are those responsibilities being allocated? I think before you already talked about the establishment of an AI oversight committee that's kind of cross-functional. What else do you do you see as as truly relevant? factors to have in such kind of an oversight plan? Yeah, I would say definitely an area that's focused on risks, identifying and assessing those risks, making sure that those are identified, managed, and then followed up on. Then those are both the technical risks, like we talked about the data security and the model accuracy, maybe even reputational risks, ethical risks, like the bias and fairness that we talked about. And then, of course, your legal and compliance risks. And I think those risk assessments, you want to make sure that you have a plan for updating those and uh, you know addressing the, the evolving changes around AI in regards to those plans. Uh, outside of that, you're also going to have AI policies, procedures, governance, frameworks, maybe communication plan. Those things are all going to be really critical to making sure that your employees are engaged with the the tools and the systems and the use cases in the right way, but also that your organization is paying attention to you know the the mission critical issues involving using Gen AI, but then also discussing maybe with advisors around what else should we be considering, what should we be looking at, what are the red flags that we should be thinking about, um, and how do we respond to those? Um, and then you know just something as simple as documenting the board minutes and materials, the monitoring system that that reports or the the monitoring system that's used to report to the board. And how the how we can monitor those and, and over, oversee those efforts. So I think there's that. There's probably the implementation oversight. Who is actually going to um, manage that, and how is the board going to work with management to assess the readiness for implementing these use cases? And you know, as we talked about, that includes looking at that current infrastructure, but. Is there someone on the board that has the knowledge to be able to have those discussions and then to be able to relay that information? So I think that in combination with you know, just advocating, advocating in general for ethical AI practices across the organization, setting that tone at the top, 
is going to be key. Uh, a lot of that can get overlooked if we're not careful because it's easy to just go try to make something happen. And, oh, it looks like it works, right? But we really have to make sure that the the board is pushing on the organization to think through all of those potential risks. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I will just put in one last plug here is that I think everyone in this space needs is going to need continuous education and continuous monitoring of how these things unfold. So really appreciate your comments today and your experience. So I want to thank you and I want to thank our participants. And we welcome you all back to tune in to more from BDO in the boardroom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to BDO in the boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.